Warning, calories unleashed may be offensive, especially to mask Nazi teachers. This show is honest, uses foul language, and contains sensitive topics. So, if you're easily offended, do not listen. Get some. Fucking moron. Here we go, here we go. Listen. Wake up. Fucking ridiculous. Wake up. Wake up. Fucking moron. This is hysterical. It ain't helping you. Wake up. Welcome everybody, Knucklehead Nation, to the next edition of Calgary Sunleash, the interview edition, and we have a special interview coming out to you guys tonight. We have a man that embodies, and I'm going to say it to him a couple times, you're going to hear this a lot. He embodies the very idea of the American dream. He went through... Hard times, the hardest times. You're going to hear it basically from trailer park to homeless to now millionaire. His story is incredible. His story is one of perseverance and ingenuity and just refusing to quit even when everything was stacked against him. You're going to, you're going to listen to a guy who embodies the American dream, a longtime friend, president, CEO of the Price Group. David Price, enjoy. All right. I am live with my man, David Price. I've known David Price for a really long time. Everyone knows I've been doing these interviews involving regular, everyday Americans, telling their American stories, talking about themselves, hyping themselves. This is kind of like a highlight show for Dave. And Dave is like a budding superstar <laughs> in the uh, in the insurance industry, so Dave, welcome to Calgary Sunleashed. Thank you, man. Thank you. It's an honor, man. I appreciate you thinking enough of me to to be on your show. So thank you. Well, I mean, you're all over the place. You got to look at like a film crew with you going on now. You got Thor's <laughs> hammer in the background of you. I mean, you're doing things. Um, you're definitely making noise now. What, but what, before we get going, why don't you tell everybody about yourself? What you do like right now? Who is David Price right now? Who's David Price? Right? I, I consider myself a mentor. What I what I do is help people build virtual insurance agencies. Uh, they can work from home, sell insurance. I usually take people with no experience. I help them get licensed, teach them how to sell insurance, teach them about our products. And because of our technology and this simplicity, we have a lot of people that do very, very well with very little, little experience. You know, people ask me, what do you need to, to be successful? And the answer is grit. I, I, you could suck at sales or suck at dealing with people, but if you have grit, you have some heart, you'll be successful with me. So that's what I do. I, I, I help people live the American dream through what selling insurance policies. Well, it gives is them the that freedom. What it is, well, it gives them the freedom, right? I, you know, I, I have people, single moms, I have housewives that want a little bit of freedom. They don't want to rely on their husbands. Right. So they're at home and, Husbands at work and they're selling they're selling some insurance. They got their pocket money. And now, got, now, what kind of insurance are you doing? Just to, just so everybody could understand, is it uh, you know health and life? What are you doing? So, you specialize in one area? Yeah. So actually, I do. I specialize in an area. We do small little whole life policies for the funeral expenses. So anybody that's going to die uh, could benefit from our product. We could cover anyone from zero to eighty five years old, regardless of the health conditions. And there's a lot of different insurance products out there. What I like about ours is it's simplified. Within 15 minutes, I can get somebody qualified, get the policy issued, and get our agents paid. Okay. So let me ask you a really quick question before we get into it. How long have you been doing this? 
So May 1st, we'll make four years. So we'll I'm still a baby in this industry. It's like a puppy dog, right? I think like a puppy dog with shark teeth and a lot of energy. Okay. Right? That could do some damage, but don't really know what they're doing yet. That's that's how I feel. That, so you're a puppy dog. So the, the, the main question that I... Uh, shark, t- shark tooth puppy dog. Though. Shark, hey, sure even they, they, there are sharks called the cookie cutter sharks that, that have like the sharpest <laughs> bite out there. They take perfect little circles out of people. So, hey, the little shark, big shark, doesn't matter. The, the thing is you're taking bites, which, the, you know, you're not talking about that. That's, that's the thing that matters. So you were basically the president... CEO, owner of the Price Group, that's through what? Senior Life Insurance Company, right? So I'm the Price Group. The carrier that we use is Senior Life Insurance Company. Um, so I'm not an insurance company. So I have to use an insurance company to to issue the policies, get families protected. So that's Senior Life Insurance Company. Okay. All right, awesome. So basically, you've been doing this for a number of years now. You were the fastest growing. You were the fastest to, to the to million-dollar mark in that industry. Right. With 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 Sear Life in particular, with the, that carrier, I was the fastest to to make a million dollars from the time getting started with them until um, I had a million dollars uh, issued to me or paid to me. Um, and one of the fastest in the industry. I don't, you know, it's harder to have stats on every every company, but you know, I, I was I was introduced to that uh, to be the fastest, one of the fastest in the in the industry from somebody that's or uh, works with a lot of different companies. Okay. So you're basically to me, you are living. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is you are basically a living example of the American dream. In my eyes, you're, you're an example of what could be done through hard work, perseverance, through finding your niche, through being able to have the freedom to walk away from things that that may not have been, you know, suiting you correctly. And I I know you, so I I know I know somewhat of your journey. We're going to get into that in a second, but you're the living example of the American dream in my eyes. So I'm going to I'm going to start you off with with our basic question we're going to be asking everybody. It's are you living your version of the American dream right now? So the, the answer to that's no. Now, when I say that, like I think there's levels of it. Obviously, I'm I'm very happy with what I'm doing, right? But if I told you, yes, I'm living the American dream, well, then my feet would be up on the table and I'd be watching TV, right? Like I I would be at my destination. I made it. This this is it. And I'm not at my destination. I'm I'm not even. I haven't accomplished close to what I want to accomplish. So that's why I could easily say, no, I'm not living the dream. You know, a lot of times people say, you know, what are you doing? Oh, living the dream. You know, when, when people say it, I think, and people ask me, I'm building the dream. Like I'm not, I'm not living the dream, right? You know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm better off every year than the year before. I'm, I'm super excited about where I'm and super grateful, but I'm still in the building phases. I'm still build, building my dream. I'm still building the American dream. So what is your dream? That's a good question. You know, it, it changes as as I get further along. I look at like like I'm going down a path, right? And the path is getting me to, to my destination. But as I get further and further down that path, my destination gets bigger, right? What what I want to do and what, what I want to accomplish because my belief system changes, right? As I'm walking down that path, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in, in a house that I built uh, two years ago, three years ago, right? Started the process before COVID. It finished right in the beginning of COVID, August. So the, the, the first few months into COVID and when I was building the house, I was like, man, this is it. I'm like in the house as it's getting built, like super grateful, like super pumped up, you know, like this is it. 
but now you know so much has changed in, in those last two years and it shows I'm, I'm capable and I can have so much more right so like the next house in my picture is you know a much bigger house on the water in, in a different area right you know it's my, my dream gets bigger as the time goes and, and it's, it's I don't think it's ever going to be static I think I'm always going to want more and and you know that's me right you know there's a lot of people that you know, live in a hut in Costa Rica and go surfing all day long and, and they're living the dream. And like, that's cool. That's, that's their dream. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's their destination. And that's where they want to be. And if that's the case, like, awesome. Like, like I'm pumped for them. Like I, I'm happy. Um, you know, some people, you know, they're, they're cool just, you know, doing their nine to five and, and getting home from work and just saying, okay, that's it. You know, and spending time with the kids and the family and, and, you know, their pays bills are paid and they have enough money to go on a vacation once a year you know, and save a little bit of money for retirement. And to them, that, that's the American dream and they're happy. And again, that's that's cool too. Um, but for me, like, I want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes. Like, I want to see what what I could accomplish. I want to see where I can go before I can't anymore, right? At, at some point, you know, we don't we don't move around as easy as, as we do now. We don't speak as well. We don't remember. Our brains don't work. Like, that's going to happen. 70, 80, 90 years old, who knows, right? Who knows? You could be president at that point, but president <laughs> i said you could be president when you're 70 80 90 and you know, can't think know, no more that's prime know. that's prime right time for president right there <laughs> here we go <laughs> let the show start <laughs> you told me what's going to be that kind of show no 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 no, no. i'm just busting i, know, I'm just I'm just with you, but, I just um, you know i yeah. have to make it i have to make a biden singer every once in a while no absolutely but uh yeah i i i just i'm pumped man i wake up every morning like i'm running towards something you know like that kid like uh christmas morning like wants to see what's under the trees, man. Like I want to see what I can accomplish every single day. So you're basically, what are you after? So uh, when I asked you what your dream was, you said it was an evolving dream. So what that tells me is you've reached several dreams, maybe levels that I don't even think that you thought of that you were going to get to, let's say four years back before you got into this. Right. So you've, you've reached levels of a dream and now you you said your dream keeps changing based on what you see your ability to do in the business that you're in right you see what you've done in three years now you're sitting back going shit in six seven years my dreams have to adjust to the people you're meeting you're obviously meeting a lot more of people with have a lot more money than you you i see you read the you know the top eight percent books the top one percent books you're listening to those type of people so your dream is I guess what you're saying, your 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 dream's gonna be whenever you your your final destination, whenever you get there, it's gonna be the end goal of your whatever journey. Is that is that how you would classify? Is that accurate or what? You know, I, I think of like an age, right? I'm I'm thinking like I'm just gonna bust things out and, and grind till I'm fifty, and, you, and maybe when I'm fifty, dude, I'll jump on my motorcycle and travel down to Brazil. So is that is it just a is it a thing where it's a accumulate as much wealth as you possibly can and help a lot of people out? Or is it like, like what, what I'm trying to figure out is when I ask people about their American dream, I want to, I want to see what makes them tick, what makes them go. And you gave me a very interesting, usually like you said, Oh, I'm living my American dream. Like me, I'm living my American dream right now. You said it's a, it's an ever changing thing. So that's fascinating to me. So I'm trying to understand what you're running to. It's like you're running towards what? Like when, when for like, for example, when Forrest Gump finally stops and he says, I'm tired, I think I'm going to go home now. He obviously found what he was looking for. Do you, right. you know, do you have it definitively in your brain what you're looking for? 
No, I, I don't because it's, I guess it's the optimism, right? It's, it's realizing like, like you said, like right now where I'm at, like I've, I've dreamed to be here. Right. And now and you're here. I got here. I'm like, I'm like, wait a second. Why am I stopping here? I could go somewhere else. And you know, I'm having a ton of fun doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So like I, the way I picture it is somebody likes to restore like a classic car in their garage, right? They get some car, it's completely rusty. They, they restore it with all the metalwork stuff. I, I have no idea how to do, right? But at the end, the car just looks amazing, right? And and they're enjoying doing that. They're enjoying building that thing. Well, like that's what I look at. I look at my business, like like my life. Like I'm building this like perfect, amazing life. You know, just the same way someone restores a car or builds a model or, you know, what wh- whatever it is you're into, right? You builds builds a a, a podcast. You know, where where now it's it's something enjoyable and having fun doing it. And because of it, like, I, I don't see myself wanting to stop, but the it's it's like playing Monopoly, right? Or, or something like that. It's, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I, dude, I wake up every day, like, like it's not work to me anymore. It was, don't get me wrong. I mean, remember in the beginning as being an entrepreneur, like just like anyone else starting a business and, you know, you're a business owner yourself. So I'm, I'm sure you understand this is, I feel like I had tears in my eyes for a year. Like, just like, man, like, but like, I just kept going and going and going. Like, I just kept pushing and pushing because I knew like eventually I get to the other side, things are going to get easier. And then things got easier. Then they keep getting easier. Now, I mean, I made more, you know, not, not to, to brag about money, but like the, the amount of money I made this month. I mean, this is more than I remember making less than this in a year and thinking I made it. See, and that's the point I want to get to. So let's go back to that. Let's go to pre, you know. It business, you know, uh, insurance mogul, David Price. Let's go to David Price. Let's say when you're 20, 21, 22, where was your, where was your thinking? What was your idea of like the American dream then? And like, what, what was your ambitions then? Tell me about that. And let's take us like in the lead up to like different jobs you had leading start, up to where go. you're at right let's, now. Let's, rock, man. Let's, let's jump on the time machine. So, yeah, let's take me back to 1999, something like that, 2001, something like that. I'm, I'm going to go back, man. So I grew up in New Jersey, which which you know. And, man, by the time, by the time I was in high school, I probably lived in like 20 different places, right? I, I lived – I remember living in a trailer – with my my father, my stepmother, my sister, and my half sister, and it was a two bedroom trailer in New Jersey, right? Which, you know, living in a trailer in New Jersey isn't as cool as living in trailers in, in other other places, right? It's got a little bit more of a, a stigma to it. Um, I mean, I lived in the projects in like Woodbridge, right, North Jersey. I I remember living in like some of like my first memories were were living in a hotel with my parents and getting kicked out of the hotel because they, they, they didn't have money to pay for the hotel. And my father trying to explain to the next hotel that he's got money and, and trying to get us a place to stay. Right. I remember I have like so many crazy memories of, of different things. And I think a lot of that is, is why I'm as, I've been able to accomplish what I've been able to accomplish. Right. I've, I've dealt with adversity since I can remember. Um, Things started get, getting better as I got to high school. And from there, I joined the, the army when I was 20 years old, right? So you, you said 20. So we'll get back, we'll, we'll track up to there. So 20 years old, I'm in the army. 
I remember I joined the army because I saw a commercial on TV and it said, sign up for a $20,000 sign-on bonus. I'm like, $20,000, dude, I will be rich. And I literally, I joined the army because of the sign-on bonus. I was in the recruiting station and he asked me what job I wanted. I was like, well, which one gives you the $20,000 bonus? <laughs> like, I, I didn't even care. Like, I just want the $20,000. And he's like, all right. So he opens up this book and like all the $20,000 bonuses were like six years. I'm like, man, I can't give you six years. Like, that's a long time. What's the highest bonus for four years? And that was $16,000 with a 77F. I'm like, what's a 77F? And they said, petroleum supply specialist. I was like, what are they doing? He reads this big, fancy explanation. I was like, all right, I could do that. Could I do that job? So I ended up taking that job um, in the Army, signed up for the Army. $16,000 gets spread out between like, I think it was like two years or like a whole year, right? So I ended up being nothing. Right. But, you know, as of being <laughs> peanuts, uh, but they sure got me and, and I'm in the army and, you know, I was always like an entrepreneur of mine. I always wanted to, I wanted Lamborghinis and mansions before Instagram. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Before it was like the cool thing everyone's posting about. Like I've always, always dreamt about that stuff and had the posters on my walls and the DuPont registry. Right. I remember having having that book or whatever, where they got all the expensive cars for sale. So I always, always wanted that stuff. It wasn't, you know, just because everyone has it on Instagram now. And I went to Iraq in 2003. And when I was in Iraq, they had a bunch of contractors there. And I was talking to all these contractors like, man, you guys are just making a ton of money. Like you're working in Iraq. And like, yeah, man, we make $100,000 a year and tax free and this and that. It's like $100,000. I was like, dude, I'm, I took everyone's name I could find, everyone's phone number. I said, like, when I got the army, I'm calling all these people and I'm going to get myself a job. And, and that's what I did. I got out of the army like a year later. Dude, actually, my buddy got out before me. I handed him a, a notebook. I was like, here, just call these numbers. Somebody will give you a job. And he's just calling through all these numbers. And he finally found a contact and he got a job. And he went to Africa. Um, and he ended up getting me a job in Africa. For, and Africa paid a little less. It was about $80,000 a year. And I was like, dude, $80,000 a year, tax-free. Like, I made it. Like, like dude, I'm... I'm I'm buying stocks. I'm going to be rich. Right. And, I, and at that time I thought, and it was, it, to me, it was, a, it was a ton of money, especially not having any bills and living in a tent in, in, in Djibouti, Africa. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. So, so again, like I was living the American dream. I was in Africa every four months. I took a vacation to like Thailand or Brazil for three weeks, went back to Africa, working 12 hours a day, seven days a week. And it was, it was, it was a blast. It was, it was a lot of fun. I got to travel, see things, saved a bunch of money. And, uh, you know, eventually that, that ended, I was there for about a year, went back to New Jersey and, you know, I, I realized money runs out fast. We're not making money. Oh yeah. Right? Very fast. Yes. Especially and, if you like spending went. it. Right. And you exactly. got, land, you, you already said you crazy. got, you got Lambo yeah. taste too, bro. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I wasn't driving a Lambo then. Um, so yeah, it, it, it disappeared fast and, you know, I was back trying to get another job and I got into the oil industry. Um, I think I'm making maybe 40 grand a year or something like that, getting started. I got raised, raises pretty fast because, you know, I am a hard worker. And when I, when I, I always take ownership of something when I do it, like I'm like, I treat it like I'm the business owner, right? Like I'm not just going to sit around with my feet on the desk and wait for someone to tell me to do something. I always going to do it. And I, I did that for a little bit. And, um, you know, the oil industry, when was it? It was probably 2000, I think it was 2008, maybe like 2000. Yeah, maybe it was 2008 when the, the oil industry collapsed a little bit. 
And there's a, oh, lot, prices, a lot of layoffs. Prices skyrocketed and yeah. Yeah, there's right. something happening. I think it was 2008, but like two people are getting laid off like crazy. And, and again, there, there I go. I thought I was making decent money again, living, living, you know, living what I thought was a really nice lifestyle at the time and got laid off. And again, man, unemployment doesn't pay as well as the, the job pays. And I ended up going through a bankruptcy, man. Lost everything. Wow. So bankrupt in 2008, 2010, something like that? Somewhere like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was something, you know, it took a little time because I was, you know, I was paying all my credit cards. Like you're supposed to pay them, man. I was paying all the minimums. It's now I'm watching my credit score still go down. I'm struggling. Like, and, and probably I'm like, dude, I, I don't understand why I'm doing all this, you know? So, so I ended up, you know, surrendering, went through a bankruptcy, man. My credit went from good to horrible and, um, you know, back in the rebuilding stages. And then you started rebuilding, like we rebuilt it, or built hurricanes and stuff, weren't you? you? Generators in the back of your truck, making oh, yeah. money, going, you know, going. Speaking of like Djibouti, it wasn't Djibouti, but it was like Haiti or some shit you were in. What, what was that? Where were you at? Puerto, Puerto Rico, Jamaica, Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. There you there's, go. There's still America. Um, yeah. Again, like you know, at the time, like living, living the dream, man. Super pumped. I. Uh, you know, I ended up making out to Louisiana. I wanted to work on an oil rig. When I was working out in Africa, I was working with these guys that just worked on these different contract jobs, making a lot of money. And they're like, oh, oil rigs, man. You want to get on an oil rig? You you work six months out of the year. You make 100 grand for six months. I was like, well, that sounds cool. I'm here doing four months to take three weeks off. You're telling me you guys do one month on, one month off. I could, I could do that sitting in my head. And... So I heard Louisiana was a good place for that. I had some family in Louisiana. I went out to Louisiana. Well, there's a difference. When you work on an oil rig off the coast of Brazil, you get paid really, really well, and you have that cool schedule. When you work off an oil rig in Louisiana, so actually my first job I took on an oil rig, it was actually a production platform. And the difference is like an oil rig like drills for oil. And then once they find the oil, then they build a production platform on top of it. Right. So their production platform is a lot more relaxed. You know, well, building it isn't, but like, you know, then there's people just operating it. Where an oil rig, like you're constantly working. Those guys work and get dirty and stuff. Long story short, I'm like, I just need to get off the uh, offshore, meet some people. I'll take whatever job. So I got a job, first time ever since I was a teenager. I'm 30 years old, something like that. And uh, let's see, no, 30, yeah, 30 something years old in my early 30s. I took a job, minimum wage. 725 an hour in Louisiana, mopping floors, washing dishes, cleaning toilets. I was the galley hand, right? So I got some cook yelling at me, you're using too much soap washing the dishes. I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me. I got my headphones on. I'm listening to like motivational stuff. Like, dude, I'm going to get past this. Mopping floors. I'm going to get past this. And and didn't take long, a few months. I moved on to the next step. Then I was working in the safety department, which was a lot cleaner and a lot easier. Um, but then the oil economy again collapsed, right? In Louisiana, that's a that's a big 2014 ish, something like that, 2012 ish, yeah, something yeah. like that. You know, Louisiana, it happens. You know, they they're affected a lot more, right? Where you want to oh, see yeah. something, their their income is based off that, you know, for the most part. And you know, so at the time I was working a job, I was working 14 days on, 14 days off. Right. And, and I just went through this big unemployed phase and I'm trying to like rebuild my life. And I'm like, dude, I can't be working 14 days on and off for 14 days. Like I can't be sitting around for 14 days. Like that's irresponsible of me building my dreams. Right? Oh yeah. You can't build a dream if you're sitting on your ass. You can't that's build a dream 14 days off out of the month. Right. So I 
I was at uh, my girlfriend. She was working at this car dealership and this person came in collecting checks. And I'm like, what's going on here? I'm trying to figure out what's going on, you know? And, and it ended up being the repo lady, right? They're repoing cars for this car dealership. So I just started talking. I said, hey, so you repo cars? Like, what do you do? Like, do you hire? Like, I, I want to repo cars. Can you do a part-time, full-time? And she said, oh yeah, we're always looking for people. So I started talking about working with them part-time for my 14 days off. Well, by the time I was trained and ready to go, I got laid off. That's when the, you know, so I went right from that to repoing cars full-time, seven days a week. Like at that time, I was making more money than I've ever made any other job I had. It was the first time I was 100% commissioned. So my income was going to be based off my results. And that was the game changer because I've always worked extra hard, but I've always been capped at how much I can make because I'm only going to get paid per hour. You can only work so many hours a day. So when, when I got paid for every car, I actually got paid 40% off everything I invoiced for the company. So in my eyes, he, it was his truck. He was paying the insurance. We split the fuel. He had the work. I, I was a 50-50 partner. So I was, I was pretty excited about that. So I did that for a while. And then 2016 happens. And that's when Louisiana has this big rain flood. Right. It was uh, it doesn't have a name. It was like the flood of 2016. It wasn't a hurricane. It was just a rainstorm that just didn't stop. And it doesn't take much to flood Louisiana. A few hundred houses got flooded. So I'm pulling into these neighborhoods and I'm like looking for cars. But the problem is all the houses are gutted. Uh, so I'm okay. like, dude, people aren't going to be in these houses. I'm like, dude, I'm screwed. Now I'm commissioned. I'm, I'm you know, like if I can't find any cars, I'm not making any money. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. So I start you know, panicking. I'm like, all right, well, I got to figure out something else. Well, guess what? These houses need to be rebuilt. So at that time, and dude, I, I own an old Nissan at that time with like 200,000 miles on it, barely like ran like crap. I didn't own a hammer, nothing. And I start knocking on these doors saying, Hey, you need a free estimate. Not no idea how to rebuild these houses. You know, I ended up bringing my friend over who, who knew how to do estimates. We're doing, we're, I did over a hundred estimates you know, walking through these houses, mold, mildew, it's like August or something like that in Louisiana, super hot. And um, I'm just sitting there, man, I'm just, I'm just winging it, man. Like, I'm going to figure this out. Like, if someone wants me to their house rebuilt, I'll figure out how to get rebuilt. And finally found somebody, they called us up, they actually owned two houses. It was, it was a six-figure job. I, I don't remember what it was exactly, but the guy gave us like an $80,000 deposit. And that was it, dude. I bought, I got my, my license, website like i went legit license uh company i um insurance everything we needed bought a truck didn't have a truck so you need a truck to be able to, oh, you have a, to a construction company you can't do it without a truck right <laughs> but bought the truck and called up my buddy in new jersey said hey i got some houses to get rebuilt you want to rebuild them he comes up with a motorhome with the whole crew and rebuilds these houses and while he's rebuilding them i'm walking around doing more estimates getting more houses man so Eight months into that business, we we're at $800,000 in invoicing. So my first year is in, in construction. I, I, dude, I, I can't do anything with a hammer. Um, you know, about to be a million dollar company. And my partner who I brought on as a partner, he decides it was gonna be cool to start smoking meth with, uh, with our people, like our workers. And I, when I found, he was hiding it from me. When I found out, you know, I'm like, dude, I, I don't know what to do. Like, he's my partner. 
and I, and I already know like this story, like it doesn't end well. It's just a matter of when, and I had to make some decisions. Meth and business definitely do not work. Meth and business are <laughs> never going to work out. No, there's a couple no. drugs that do work with business. Meth <laughs> is not one of them. That is not the one. Definitely not. Marijuana that works. Coke. Coke's ran businesses for a long time. Coke does a great job. Right, but meth and, and like heroin, those are just they, they're not conducive oh, to, to a proper work environment. That's for damn not, sure. Not gonna work. So all my all my people are strung out on meth. Not fucking not I don't know if you curse on your show. Not sleeping. Oh, not, you, you trust know? me, you can curse on my show. I'm being timid with show. you on right now. Are you kidding? Yeah, me? I don't want to I d I don't want to be the uh the, the icebreaker. And uh dude, I didn't know what to do. So I went to my accountant because he was also like a business advisor as well. And I was like, um, and I, and I hope, I, I, man, I hope no one sees this, this because, uh, you know, I don't want my accountant to get in trouble for giving me this advice, but no, well, he didn't, I guess he didn't give it to you, but I was like, dude, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I think I need to walk. And he's like, dude, you're crazy. Like, like there's no one doing what you're doing. Like I, I do everyone's books. Like they're, you know, they're doing $15,000 jobs, $20,000 jobs. You're doing 80, 90, $120,000 jobs. Like you're, you're crushing it. Like you're going to walk from this. I'm like, I, I just, I don't see any other way. So I walked into the uh, licensing department in Louisiana. And I was like, Hey, uh, I just want to take my name off my license. And I walked, I just, I walked from everything. It, it was paying my truck note. It was paying my apartment. Everything I had was being paid by this company. All my income was depending on it. And I just, I just, I just wiped my hands and walked. And, and it was a lot of fear. And when I did, all these things just started falling on my lap, man. And it was, it was pretty amazing how it worked. I don't know how, how spiritual you are or, or what your belief is and stuff like that, man. But, but it was really magical because that's how I started doing the generator stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the generator stuff by generator stuff, meaning he was traveling from place to place, making sure cell phone towers and things like that were properly charged. Right. During uh, one of the hurricanes, you were involved in a lot of hurricane cleanup when in Florida and Puerto Rico and the whole nine yards, right? That was the generator stuff you're talking about. That was the generator stuff. So, so I, I guess you want cool stories, right? So, whatever I, you I want, tell us, man. You want stories? That's what it's about. The stories, right? Well, so this is what it's it's, it's about your journey, my because you you've given me a lot before this you get into journey, the story. Man. I mean, we're I mean, just getting started, man. We, I mean, we didn't even get started yet. Actually, we didn't. We really didn't because like. We could go. We could go to a lot of different things. I mean, you. When, after you tell your story, I'm going to get to it. But you gave me a couple yeah, of different things as far as bankrupt in 2000. You know, 2010 minimum wage in Louisiana. Fucking cleaning up shit off of a floor, and I mean, just <laughs> you know, basically being taking a job in your 30s like that. In your 30s, right? You know, knowing what type of person you are. That 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 had to be the thing. You had to look at yourself in the mirror and say, "What the fuck am I doing?" You know, because I, I remember when my son was born. Um, my brother came down in North Carolina, and we were taking a look. Me and Serena. This is when I was thinking about buying a place in North Carolina. We took a look at this place, and when I tell you, like, her aunt said that there was fifty acres of land for like forty grand, right, in North Carolina with a house on it already. I said, "Shit, let's take a look at it." This was like a hundred feet wide by fifty acres long. You know, it was like the, in a valley with the worst, most disgusting trailer you ever seen on top of it. And me and my brother are looking at this, and he could tell I'm fuming. We get in a car. Serena hops in the car with her aunt. We're driving home, and my brother looks at me and goes, "What the fuck are you doing down here? You got to get your ass back up and fucking start your life up there." And that was the point in my life where I said. 
what the fuck are you doing? That had to be your point. So I mean, you give you've given me so much shit that we could we could touch back on. But yeah, let's complete your story and then and then we'll and then we'll touch back a little bit. So I mean, couple of generators. You, you're in Puerto Rico. You you shipped your truck out there to Puerto Rico just to set the stage for everybody. You got a generator in the back of it, and and not only that, you were also looking to get other people hired. Something about you is you always look to spread the wealth. So so you were also looking to get other people hired. Tell us about Puerto Rico during the so during the I ended up there because this is, this is a funny story. So I'm, I'm walking away from this dude, right? You know, my partner walking away from my business. And in the meantime, I'm like, all right, uh, the hurricane, man, what was the name of the hurricane? The one that hit Texas before Hurricane Irma devastated Texas. And so this guy, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to go out there. I'm just going to build another company. Like, what, why the heck not? They just had a big hurricane. I'll just re- rebuild, do everything. I got crews. I got people. I got some guy from New Jersey who's, who's been back and forth, kept on calling me or messaged me on Facebook and stuff. Like, wanted to come work with me when I was, you know, working in Louisiana. Well, I see he's in Texas. So I'm like, hey, cool, let's meet. So I'm thinking about, you know, maybe partner with him or hiring him to do some work. He says he could do everything. Uh, remember, I, I'm... I'm not very good with my hands when it comes to that stuff. So I go to meet him. I'm going to Texas. I got a FEMA hookup. I'm going to meet like all the way on the west side of Texas. And so I'm, I'm driving there and then this guy wants me to meet him. So I got to come back a little bit to meet him. So I go to meet him somewhere and he ends up gives me coordinates. I'm like for coordinates. All right. So I'm trying to figure out how to put in my <laughs> GPS. Right. So I go to meet him with the coordinates and there's this big cell phone tower and he's not there. And so I call this dude up. I'm like, dude, you're not here. What's going on? He's like, oh, give me a favor. Go look and see if there's a generator t- running on the cell phone tower. And I was like, no, no, it's it's not running. He's like, all right, do you know how to detach it? I was like, no, I, I don't know how to detach a generator from the freaking cell phone tower. Dude's got these big, giant cables, right? Big, giant cell phone tower, really serious and intimidating looking electric. I'm like, no, I, I don't know how to. He's like, all right, I'm going to walk you through it. I'm like, dude, all right. You know, so he's just walking me through how to detach this thing. And he's like, do you have a hitch on your truck? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, can you put it on your truck? I'm like, all right, cool. Like, what's going on? He's like, I'll be there in a minute. So he, then all of a sudden, he don't ever answer his phone anymore. He just stops answering his phone. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't know what to do. So I start, for some reason, I'm leaving. Maybe he had me meet him somewhere. But I got the generator on my truck. And now I'm driving with this big generator on my chalk, right? That, that I may have just stole. And before that, he had me meet his brother, who was like a dispatcher for this company uh, about working, doing some hurricane work, right? And so anyway, the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get in touch with you, this and that. I was like, all right, dude, this guy's a clown. So anyway, so now I'm driving. Well, the brother calls me up and he's like, hey, he's like, you still want to work. Hurricane Irma is about to hit Florida. Do you want to go work Florida? I was like, yeah, I'd love to. But like, I'm trying to wonder what to do with this big generator I have in the back of my truck. He's like, are you kidding me? He's like, why do you have a generator? I was like, your brother told me. He's like, oh, dude. He's like, can you bring it? So now he's got me driving all the way to East Texas again when I'm trying to get to West Texas. So I'm I'm like fuming, angry as heck. Like, why am I doing this? Like, remember, I'm homeless right now. I don't really even have a home anymore. Oh, no shit. Right? I'm like, dude, what mess did I get myself into? I'm so mad. I'm going the wrong way. I'm trying to meet someone, you know, about some FEMA stuff. So I, I go meet this, um, go to this office where he's at and, you know, bring the generator where he, where he wants it. No, I bring the generator to a place that he told me, tells me to bring it. It wasn't even to meet him. He wants me to drop it off at a yard. So now I'm delivering generators for free. I drop it off in the yard. 
And then somebody was there and he's like, oh yeah, Luke wants to go talk to you. So I go and Luke is like, all right, cool. You ready to go to Florida? I was like, yeah, I'm ready. He gives me a fuel card and he tells me, start heading to Florida. You know, just, just start heading there. I'm like, all right, but like, listen, dude, like I just, like I got, I, 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 I'm, I got to get some place, put some stuff in storage. Like I don't have my home anymore. He's like, all right, we'll just stop and do that. And then head to Florida. So I drive back to my apartment, grab all my yeah, stuff. Yeah, just you're in Texas. Just shoot over to Florida real yeah. quick. Go just ahead. To Florida. So I'm driving to Florida. Um, and then that, that was Hurricane Irma, right? So that was the beginning of me doing generator work. So so to be clear, right, for, for, for the listeners. Um, so when there's a hurricane, cell phone towers and other important infrastructure runs on power, right? Just like, you know, we get mad when the power's out for a house. But what else goes out is the cell phone tower, their power. Right. So communications is obviously real important, especially during an emergency. So different companies bring generators, if they're not generators already there, to the cell phone towers to power them up. Right. So that's what this company did specifically. They, the cell phone companies would be the client like T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T. And they would dispatch all these, these generators before they would see the hurricane coming. So they dispatch them before, let the hurricane pass. Or they would stage the generators when the hurricane passed, and then they would have to dispatch them out as fast as possible. And then they got to keep them fueled, right? And then they got to change the oil every 10 days. So it's a logistical thing with hurricanes and floods and trees down and stuff like that. So that's what I did every every morning. I'd wake up, they would send me a route of coordinates. I had two tanks in the back of my truck with fuel and a pump. And I'd go to these different uh, generators and, and fuel them. And at the time, man, I was, I was making great money. I had a hotel to stay in now because I was homeless, right? I didn't, I didn't technically have a place to live anymore. Um, I did have a little bit of money saved up, so I wasn't I wasn't sweating or anything like that. So I, I did that. It, it lasted maybe 11 days, 14 days, right? Because once the power comes back, you got a job, right? And then as power comes back, they, they're, they're, they're getting rid of people daily. Um, and then from there, I actually had a trip to go see my grandfather. And it, it was like perfect timing. It was like... Uh, Went from Florida to New Orleans, parked my truck, flew to see my grandfather, and then Hurricane Maria came. And that's when I hit Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. And I'm calling this guy. I'm like, hey, you know, I love to work Puerto Rico. Are you guys going there? Like, what are you guys doing? I was like, I'm really good with computers and spreadsheets and stuff like that because there's like a whole operations to it. And I wanted to get involved in that. And I thought that I could be an asset for them in, in that aspect. And so I'm, I'm my grandfather's and he calls me up and he puts me on the phone with somebody. He's like, Hey, you know how to do spreadsheets and this? I was like, yeah, that stuff's easy, man. I could, I could do all that stuff. He's like, all right, I need you to have your truck in Jacksonville in like two days. And you know, I'm in New Jersey, my truck's in New Orleans, but it just happened. Like my flight was leaving New Jersey the next day already. Just, it was literally just enough time to fly to New Orleans, jump in my truck, drive to Jacksonville, get my truck on the port and stay in the hotel where they're at. Like it was just, you know, ever since I walked away from that guy, you know, from, from, from that situation, you know, and, and had like the courage to just walk away, like everything would just was like snapping right afterwards. Right. So now I got my truck on a boat with a generator. Um, I'm in a hotel. My truck's getting shipped to Puerto Rico. Eventually I fly over to Puerto Rico and I'm out there. They had me doing some spreadsheets and then quickly they put me in charge of anything that had to do with the islands. So the Virgin Islands, St. John, you know, logistics and supplies there, men, people, um, you know, men and people like they're different. Right. And, uh, you know, the generators and fueling and everything from there. And it was fun, dude. I was there for seven months. At that time, I made more money than I've ever made again than before in my life, like 
enjoying myself. I was in the Caribbean. I was in St. Thomas for like two and a half months. I was in St. Croix for two and a half months. I was in Puerto Rico for, for two and a half, like equal parts each place. And then, you know, eventually again, the power starts coming back and I was over the islands. So I was the last person on the islands, right? I would send people home as things slow down until it was just me and one generator. And then, you know, put the generator on the boat and then went to Puerto Rico. And at that point, like I said, it was seven months later, I, I knew things were about over. And I was looking to get my insurance license before that, that whole deal. And I, I was actually studying for my license, like while looking at the Caribbean, like, hey, this is all going to be over. Like, I need my next plan. Right. And, and I was, I'm going to get my insurance license. I'm going to build a business in the insurance industry. And so I'm studying my license. I flew back. I shipped my truck back like two months early. So it'd be at the port. I flew into Jacksonville. The next day I took uh, my insurance test, passed it. The next day I went, took my fingerprinting. The day after that, a year prior, I actually had a hotel booked in, uh, booked in the uh, Pensacola or Panama City for that weekend. It was just, again, it was just magical. Like I booked this hotel that had to be there. Cause again, remember I'm homeless. Mm-hmm. Right. So I got this hotel. So I, I, for the weekend, I go to the hotel after the hotel, like that Monday, my license comes in. I drive down to Miami, right. Putting some miles on that truck, uh, get, get a half a day of training. And then I go to Louisiana. I'm staying at my, um, my girl's parents' house. And then, um, I had a hotel or a apartment. I actually stopped in Florida on my way back and, and put a deposit on an apartment. And then July 1st, so I got my license May 1st, basically. July 1st, I'm, I'm in Florida. Brand new business, living in a two-bedroom apartment. I got like a futon in the living room, no TV, like barely any furniture. Um, and that's it, man. Like, I'm going to be rich. It's just, it's just a matter of time when. And, and that's... Uh, that's how I started my insurance career. And and away we went from there. You, you We got into some of the numbers. We're going to get into some of those numbers. But what that was an awesome synopsis of your, of your journey. So I stand behind what I said early on. You are the living example of the American dream. <clears throat> Excuse me. What you could do if you actually have determination and self-worth. Let me ask you a question. Were you – did – did any government agency help you along the way? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great answer. You had. To, it, it, I hope you guys could see that. I'm, I'm going to get this on the YouTube. I'm going to figure out all the, the video aspect. But the shit-eating grin that came up on his face, <laughs> and the smile, and the no that was on there that was that was just awesome. So there was there was no government intervention that 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 got you from there. So let me just. What do you think that what do you think it was inside you that gives you the motivation that you had? Because I mean you said a lot of things. You were you were homeless just five years ago. Wasn't maybe what, six years ago now? For over a year doing the, you know, a lot of the stuff that you said, like you said, you were you were homeless for a substantial period of time. You grew up in the bouncing back and forth from home to home to home type lifestyle, right? You were bankrupt in 2010. When you look at that journey that you had and now now where you're at right now, it's to me you're the definition of of what can happen in America if you just say, okay, that didn't work next. Okay, that didn't work next. Not getting down on yourself, 
not feeling bad, not getting on the pity train, not making excuses. Because if you made any excuses along the way and you didn't hold yourself accountable for some of the stuff, you, you wouldn't have known what to do right now. You know what I'm talking about? You've had yeah. you have a you have a you have an awesome background in the fact that think about it, what did you guys just do last month? You did six hundred six hundred and something thousand dollars last month. Was that so? So March six hundred and seventeen thousand for the month of March. So today was the, the last day of the month. Which so, so you did six hundred and seventeen thousand for the month of month of March. If you look at that, that's a couple five million dollars a year. Is that what it did? No. Um, yeah, almost $5 million a year you're on pace for as far as just insurance sales this year? Yeah, it's uh, so 625000 is seven point six hundred twenty-five thousand a month comes out to seven point five. So Okay, exactly. So my... It's you're, late, you're little, and I smoked. You're, you're I sure smoked a lot. Me a little bit, man. I work I, hard for that. Come I on. sure changed you a lot. So, <laughs> so you went from, from that to running a $7.5 million and growing company. That's a part of that's a part of, you know, something something that's even bigger than that. And it's amazing that that happened without any assistance from anybody. It's it's amazing that that happened just from you being able to learn from your 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 failures, learn from where you are and have the determination to do it. When do you what do you think it was? Do you think it was something that's just inside you from seeing how your parents struggled do you think it was some of the jobs where you just felt like this is not who who the fuck i am i i'm better than this what do you think what do you think it was that that just drives you on a day-to-day basis well like i said i I grew up i i I knew about adversity right that that was just part part of it i um i always had a strong desire to win and the one thing i gotta say is my grandfather was a pretty successful business owner Right. So like living in the projects and I go to like my grandpa's house and, you know, they have these nice breakfasts and all these good meals. And, and, you know, he's, he had this nice, you know, pimped out condo and he used to buy like a brand new Lincoln town car every couple of years. And I'm like, man, you know, go out, go on three, four vacations a year as a business owner. I was like, I was like, that, that's what I want. Right. So you so had, like you I had saw, a unique perspective in that to where you saw both sides of it. You lived yeah. both sides of it. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. So yeah, so yeah, you- I mean, I wouldn't say live, right? Because that was that was just that was just a d- daily visit every once in a while, right? But but yeah, but I got it, to see you did it. Live right? it. So I knew it was possible. Yeah, I mean, you did you live know? it. It was part of your life. You did see yeah, right. you did see what, like you said, what was possible, and that yeah. was certainly a possibility, you know, in your in your own existence. That's awesome, man. So when you when you are doing this, what is the main aim, like the main aim and what you're doing? How do you make your money now? So, so one of the things I know a theme of yours is I want to help other people do this, right? Is And you've always been like that. You've always tried to you know get people involved in what you're doing. I know it, it helps you, but it also helps the other person at the right. same time. You've always been a I scratch your back, you scratch mine. We help each other, teamwork, cooperative type of guy. You've always been way nicer than me. I've been way more of a dickhead. <laughs> you know, you've always Dave was always you know real good dude. He was always a better team player. I was like a selfish. I'm the best. Let me just give me the fucking ball. And get out of my way. Time. I'm kidding, but um, no. I mean, so so your business is really helping people grow and sell and making their own money. Cause the more they make, obviously that helps you make money and it helps you obviously make that may take your continuing dream to the next level and to the next level. Tell us a little bit about what you do now. I mean, you did, you did say that, but right now brag about yourself. So we, we heard about your whole background. We heard about living in a trailer growing up. 
We heard about it in Iraq, Djibouti, Africa. Djibouti, Africa. Dude, how many hot fucking black booties was there, dude? The, dude, they're all the hot black. All, uh, the hot black all they, of them. They, they make them in Djibouti, Africa. Oh, all of the hot Djiboutis are in Djibouti, all Africa. The hot Djibouti. Oh my, dude, I might go. A couple uh, of Djibouti. <laughs> but donk a donk? I don't Djibouti. know. Oh, it's Djibouti. Okay, great. Yeah, it's funny, right? Oh, that's fucking great. So, so, uh, so you said one thing really quick. Yeah. Before we get into you talking about yourself, because I looked down and I saw a, a note that I took. You said a comment that said, my income will be determined because of my own results, and that was a game changer. Yes. Game changer in mindset? Game changer how? Well, it was just a game changer because my whole life, right, I was chasing a salary, like, I remember when I was younger, I was, I think I asked my mom one time, I said, like, mom, you make $70,000 a year. Are you, are you rich? Did you make it or whatever? And, you know, my mom's on food stamps. Of course. On this. Yeah, that's great. Like, you know, she had no concept of what that was at that time. You know, we were getting government assistance then, you know? And um, so, you know, I was chasing like this salary, right? Like, like that's what I wanted. But the problem is I'm, I'm a workaholic. Like I, I like working. I, I, I like seeing what I can accomplish. I like finding ways to do things better. So when you're on a salary, like, oh, great job, Dave. I'm going to give you a $10,000 a year raise, which would be awesome. But like, how much is that really, right? That's that's nothing in, in the scheme of things. So when I started getting paid on my own result, well, now, dude, I, I, I give myself a raise every day, right? You know, just... I mean, you know, you're, you're a business Think owner, about man. what you just said. I want everybody to think about what he just said. I didn't mean to cut you off, but... No, go ahead, man. I want, I want to hear you talk. I want you to think about what, everyone, what he just said, because it's incredibly important, and it's something that I harp on on a day-to-day basis. You said, I give myself a raise every day. Okay? Now, most people are in a position where they, they have to fight, and they're begging for a raise. For nothing. Like, for, the raise is nothing. For nothing. Like, Nothing. You make what you want to make. Now, the difference between me and you, Dave, is, is you are much more money-driven than I ever would be, right? And that's a great thing. That, that, that's great for you. That's great. Like, I, I enjoy playing baseball on Sundays and cornhole at night and things like that, where you're solely focused on what, you, what you're doing, and I think that's, that's great for you. What I do is I make the exact amount of money that I want mm-hmm. through what I could do. But if I wanted to work more... I could give myself a raise. Give yourself a raise. Yeah. Right. The guy's honest truth is that people like us, we we look at life as my effort, what I want. Am I getting what I want? I do look at it. Yeah, I'm getting what I want. If I want something more, I go get it. Right. You give up cornhole. A couple, right. It's either give up cornhole or I start the day earlier or I work a little bit later or work right up right. to cornhole or it's it's something like something has to yeah. something it, it typically manifests itself in me working, you know, Saturdays, not taking the weekend off, working Saturdays, doing estimates on Sundays and then fucking around and going to drink afterwards. You know what I'm talking about? If, if I want to make that extra money, then I work that extra time. So, you, so, so, so basically you're telling me you got to give something to get something. Oh yeah, it's simple, right? But you got to give effort. The key is right. effort, and the key is the key is being a master of your own life. And the whole point of the show that that, that I try to get across to everybody is: in America, in this country, 
just because you don't like where you're at at 23, don't because you like you don't like where you're at, or maybe you do like where you're at, but you want more. You could still have a shot at 38, 40, 42, 56. You see it. You have people that you're helping make a lot of money that are older, that are retired, that are making more money now post-retirement working with you. You know what I'm talking about? So it's never too late if you have the determination and the drive. And it's very important when people could sit back and say, I gave myself a raise today. How good does that feel? Where you're not begging somebody else for something for for something you think you earn, you just went and earned it for yourself. You didn't ask it out of anybody else. No, like you said, you want government assistance in your life. It ain't helping you now, though, is it? Is no. that going to make you more money, or your own self going to make you more money? That's it. It's it's myself, man. It's it's you know it's amazing because I'm not the smartest. My English sucks. My writing sucks. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I'm not amazing at anything. You know, the, the one thing that, that I do good is I get really focused on a goal and I keep running towards it and failing and not quitting until, until I get it. So knowing that about myself and I see these people with so much more talent than me, right? Better education than me. Maybe, maybe grew up with some different connections that I didn't have and, and not taking advantage of that or, or just thinking it's, it's going to come to them or, or someone owes them or, or something like that, or, you know, or getting angry, right. You know, jealous or, or angry about, you know, your success. And it's like, dude, like, I don't know. Go ahead, man. Let's, let's do it. Let's why, why not you? Right? Why can't you know? I get it with you? How about you yeah. get it and then tell me how to do it. I don't hate on anybody making money. I hate on nobody making money. I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to make money. I want everybody to live their life the way they want to live it. And that's where people get they get they get very wrong. They get caught up in this. Everyone's caught up in a game. I see it's a big it's a big fake game. You know what I'm talking about? And we've all been caught up in that game. Right now, what I think you're doing and what I try to do is is spread a little bit of reality. We do it in different ways, right? But you're trying to awaken people to the thought that, guys, ten years ago, I was I was fucking homeless. Now I live in a ridiculous house, I drive a Tesla, I have a motorcycle, a BMW motorcycle. I'm making more money per month than I was dreaming about per, per year years ago. These things are possible. This lifestyle is possible. In this country, this stuff is possible no matter where you're at. You have a very simple formula for it, don't you? I do. What's your simple formula? If you want to make, if I want to sit back and I want to work at Dave Price and I want to be the fastest before you, I want to be the fastest to make a million dollars. What is the most important thing that I need in order to make that happen? Heart. Heart. Some heart, man. Some grit, right? Because it's it's it's, it's not going to be easy, right? Some days aren't going to make sense. I mean, remember. In my beginning, like my first six months, man, I remember thinking in my head, like, dude, I would be making more money working at McDonald's for time and a half, right? Because I was I was learning a new business. I was learning a new skill, right? And I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was putting a lot, a lot of effort in because I was trying to learn as fast as I can. I was probably overworking myself, right? But, but I didn't want to be in that space, right? I went from... Living in the Caribbean, wearing flip flops and cargo shorts, never making less than five thousand dollars a week, right? Like, like to having to put shoes on and pants on and like knock on people's doors, 
you know, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. It wasn't what I wanted to do, but I knew it was part of getting where I needed to get to. And, and again, that's how I talk about having tears in my eyes for my first year, because, you know, it's funny, my first six months in this business, I made $30,000, right? That's, that's not life-changing money. That was, that was, uh, that, that was rough, you know, for the amount of effort and energy. Like I didn't make it for lack of effort. It's just, it's just lack of skill at the time. And then over the next two and a half years, I made over a million dollars, right? So it's real funny because six months in, I thought about quitting. And if you, you know, quit, imagine where you'd be. You might still be homeless. That's it. So Hurricane Michael hit, hit the panhandle. And I'm like, dude, six months, I'm not making any money. I might as well go to the panhandle and make some money. That was my thought process. And then I was like, you know what? I can't say I quit because I never, six months, you can't say you started, right? I can't be honest and say I tried. Not in the insurance business. I mean, you did it way faster than anybody else. The example I ever heard of anybody, everybody in the insurance business tells me it's a it's a road to making a lot of money, or it's a ladder to making a lot of money, with the first three or four rungs cut off on the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. If you get to that fifth rung, you're making money, but it's very difficult to jump up to that. You have to bust your ass, you, and you have to separate yourself. You have to be willing to do things people aren't willing to do. So I heard a story about Kobe Bryant. I watched some of these reels and stuff. It was one of the players talking about, they got to the gym early. It was like six thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and they get to, they get to the you, you know their story. I, love, I want to hear it again though. Great. So they they get to the gym early. It was like six thirty in the morning, and they already noticed there was nobody else there. They were the first one there, but there was one person there, and that was Kobe Bryant. And they don't know what time he got there, but they know that they worked out for an hour and a half. He was there before them, but they worked out for an hour and a half. They left. He was still in the gym. And then later in the year, they play each other, whatever it was, and Kobe went off, put up sixty, whatever, and they they he said to him um, something about you didn't acknowledge me when I was in the gym. They they talked after the game, and and he said I did, but I wanted you to know that no matter how hard you worked, I was gonna work hard. I was gonna work harder than you. There was nothing you could ever do that was going to outwork me. And I want I I wanted to be there before you and leave after you and this is the result. I'm better than you. And when people when you're willing to do that, there's nothing that could stop you in America. I look at this country and, the, and one of the reasons why like I said I I started this interviewing regular people. It's because I want to hear regular people's journeys on how good this country really is. I want to hear real stories. Now you've had very hard times. Right, I mean, you were homeless for a long period of time, right? But right now, in your life, because of the situation you're in, you're in a position in this country that you might not be able to do in other places. How many other places have the opportunity that you have? Think about it. You were able to start up a, start up a business, a number of different ones, construction business. You went with a generator. You you got that. You have so many different avenues to make money, and now you found your niche in the insurance industry, and it's something that's that. Um, I think people are missing is that determination factor just to never stop. Never stop. Six months in, you stop. You don't have a million dollars in two years. You don't. You're not making 500 or whatever it was, 300 and 700, whatever, whatever you're making right now. You know what I'm talking about? You don't, you don't have that because you would have given up or because you would have made excuses. And, and all you hear in workers today Especially people that want to work. How many how many employees do you go through? 
It's a lot. The turnover's got to be immense because there's not a lot of people at heart. I'm going to call them no. out right now. You don't have to do it, Dave. I'm going to call them out. You hire, a lot of, you hire a lot of people. A lot of people don't have heart. However, the few that do are, the, are your rocks. Yeah, and right. it's amazing because you you can't you can't judge it. You don't know. You have no idea who it's going to be, right? When when I first started, it's like, oh, I got to get the guy with the silk tongue, the, the the salesperson, the one that knows how to talk to people. But that guy don't have heart, right? Or he might not have heart. And then I have um, so we got this new lady. She was a client, housewife, never had a job before, and she said, I, I want to do what you do, right? Oh, country, you know, country lady, um, maybe in her fifties. You know, I, I hope I'm not wrong about. I hope I hope I'm not too wrong about the age, but the girl's killing it. Never had a job before, nothing like just crushing it. Like blows my mind. I I got this other uh, girl in West Virginia. We hired her on a zip. You know, it was from a zip recruiter posting in West Virginia, out in the middle of the country. Um, she gets started with us, and she like messaged me. She sends me like a private message. Hey, Dave, just let you know I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Just some really sweet, real grateful stuff. I'm like, great. You know, let me know how I can help you. And again, boom, she just she just starts running business out of nowhere. And you know, I called her up. I was like, I don't know what your financial situation is like, but you know, if you keep going, like it, I don't care where it is, it's it's gonna change drastically. Say, like, David, I'm on food stamps. Like this, this is amazing for me, right? And again, like you can't judge that stuff. You know, when I got little message, right? I was like, okay, here's another person with big dreams. Let's see if they actually put the work in. And and she did. She's doing it. You know. And then you get these other people. Like I've been in sales my whole entire life. I know what I'm doing. I'm not gonna call you and bother you that much. Never, never submit a single policy, right? Because it's like the ego or something that you know. I, I don't want to ask it. And I think that's a big thing too with with Americans or people, people in general. Like they got this like ego, like. You know, I think the one thing school where school really messes us up is like everyone goes to school and it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. And it's like, what job do you want? Like, that's our identity. Right. Like, I remember I wanted to be a police officer. Right. But I also wanted to live in a mansion and I wanted to drive a Lamborghini. Well, guess what? The police officer doesn't get the mansion, the Lamborghini. So like what they should be teaching in school is like, hey, Mike, what do you want your life to look like? Mike says, you know, I want to I want to have a 5000 square foot farm on on 100 acres in the middle of North Carolina. Okay, well, that's going to cost some money, Mike. And what do you what's the question you hear people asking people in college? Where are you going to college? Where are you going to college? Where are you going to college? That's all people. That's all anybody asks college. They don't ask them why. They don't ask them, what are you going to college for? All they want to know is, why are you going to college? Yeah. To be part no, of no idea what they're going to do. Like you said it to me before, they they don't tell you different way. There's so many different ways to make money. The way you went about it, with with building up residual income and building an agency and getting you know a lot of people a team together, building building up your income while helping other people build theirs and the whole nine yards. They don't teach you that in college. They don't teach any. They teach financial literacy in brick. You know what it was? It was a teacher espousing communism two, two three days a week. I used to get text. I used to get text messages from my son. Like I'm not even playing around with you. They didn't. He didn't learn anything about finances. He didn't learn anything about investments. What he learned was the joys and the beauty of communism in a brick township high school. That to me, it's like. You it took you years because of that lack of like proper education on different ways to actually make money besides the college path and besides to just be the worker bee. 
It's almost like we're in, we're in a beehive, and you're 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 born. You're either just going to be the guy who collects the honey. You ever see bee movie? Where you're born, it's a great little. I might have. I I know what you're saying. You don't have kids. You don't have kids. That's probably why I didn't see the. Yeah, that's why the B movie is actually a good little cartoon with um with Jerry Seinfeld, right? And the whole concept is you're a B, so you're born to work, and as soon as you get old enough, you get your job and you work that job until you die, and when you die, somebody else just takes your job. It's that old. You just go through a life as a as a worker. You're begging for handouts. You're working. And there's nothing wrong with that life. I don't want to make there's like put it this way. My wife is a special human being, Dave. So when my brother and I weren't making a lot of money together when we were when we were in business doing doing the masonry stuff, it was very tough because we had me and him were fighting a lot and we're, there was a lot going on. My wife looked at me, Dave, and said, "Listen, get a job. I don't care if you make five hundred dollars a week." We will figure out how to live, and I will be, we'll be happy. I just want to know that five hundred dollars a week is coming in, and I'll be able. I will be okay. It's literally what my wife said to me. And if anybody is wondering why we have such a good relationship, that's the reason why. Because she's not a, she is not a materialistic woman. That's perfect for me. Right. Now, me, I said to her. I'm not making $500 a week. That's unacceptable to me. I want more than that. I'm better than that. Right. So I appreciate that shit, but I'm better than that. So I did the same thing. I walked I, I walked away from a, from a $65,000 a year job being a manager, supposedly getting bonuses and shit like that, but I never got it because you know we didn't hit what we told Wall Street. So I walked away from that job and started my, my Mason company. And now it's the rest is there. It's what's it, 15, 16 years later. And we're doing our thing. You know, the thing that sucks now is it, the labor is not worth the money that they, they want to pay. The people are not worth paying them what they want and what the going rates are. I refuse to do it. I won't pay someone what they're not worth. I love, your, uh, I love the business you're in because it is, I'm going to give you a job, but you are going to earn your money. I'm not just giving you money. Right, so yeah. if someone shows up, they work for me. They they could either not break their ass and make mm-hmm. money, or they could break their ass and make money. If they break their ass, it's like they have a harder day and they're making the same money. Yeah. So what do I do? Do I just have some guy come for for the money and move bricks? Now I'm. You know what I'm gonna do? My wife's been helping me last year. Pay, pay him per brick. Pay him per <laughs> brick. I might have to do that. Yeah, right, but now they have brick. to lay that shit too. So now, now yeah. you better be be skilled. Do, do the math, right? And pay them per brick, man. I don't have a problem paying paying people that are worth it. I really nah, don't. Of course not, man. The problem and, and, is you find someone, and I'm sure you take care of them, and, and like you know. But but again, it's it's uh, it's tough. I mean, I hired hired 86 people last month, right? And they're all independent contractors, and and there's one good thing and there's one bad thing. And, and it's the same thing, right? They get to work when they want to work. Yes. And I there's see. not a lot of people out there that want to really bust it. Right. That's the sad reality. That's the sad reality of the situation. The far majority of people are not self-driven people. They're yeah. not. And that's a sad people have to realize that. You gotta blame we it have on to- their mothers. What's that? You gotta blame it on their mother. You think so? Too much, too much titty action. Too much, too much man. Suck you know? it. My, my mom made me strong. You know, that's, <laughs> that's it. 
my mom's like, she hey, made him purposely pour- grab me, grow up with the projects, man. So, so, so I could want something, man. He was pouring his own milk in his own baby bottle when he was a year and a half. <laughs> While some of you were still suckling on your mama's titty, he was heating his own milk up That's in his bottle, it, man. You don't even know about no Dave Price and shit. Well, I, hope I, I, I hope I'm not going to offend anyone, man. You know, no, you, listen, it, I'm going to be the one to offend anybody. We, right, good, we good. haven't done anything lost. to, we haven't done anything to offend anybody at all. So you started off this by saying you weren't living your version of the American dream. And right. I'm going to say you're dead wrong. I'm going to tell you right. you're wrong. Let's argue. Let's, let's, let's argue let's, about let's, that. Let me hear it. I want to hear it. Because once again, you are the American dream. You are living the American dream. The fact that you have reached your dream and your dreams are changing is is the idea of the American dream to me. See, to uh, me, the American dream is whatever you deem it to be. Right, so you said to me a bunch of times where you were working this job and you were barefoot in sandals and in Saint Augustine and all that shit. That was the American dream, right there. You you were living it. You didn't even realize it. It's the pursuit of happiness. Yes. It's the pursuit of something, and your pursuit of what you deem happiness and my pursuit of what I deem happiness. I'm no longer pursuing it. I am there. I'm, I'm a happy dude. I'm doing everything that I love doing in life. Everything. You're building an insurance agency. I'm, I'm doing a beautiful backyard. I love right it, man. I, I love, love looking I love back. You, man. I remember when you, when you first said you're doing this podcast, man. I was like, I was like hell yeah. I, I, I'm going to be your fan. And now it's 132 episodes later, and we are awesome. rocking along, dude. It's, you know what? The show is the show has morphed, and um, the... The thing I love about this show, Dave, is it's it really lets me. It's like my mental release. Right. I get to bitch about whatever I want to bitch about. I know you after, do that. And after, and I'm good at that. I, I could I, I could fucking bitch nonstop. No, but no, man, I what, love it. what we really like doing anymore is just breaking breaking balls and making fun of it. But we get in here and and even through COVID, right? Um, a lot of people, they sat back through COVID and they let it consume them in a very negative way. Dude, it was horrible. It was horrible. And it's to me, it's indicative of what we're talking about on this show right now and, and, and what you do. People let that consume them in a negative way and they they let that control and dominate their life and dominate that existence. And, they, and too many people let external factors dominate their lives instead of taking control of their lives in some way, shape or form. So what the show really did for me was it was my way of taking control of COVID. COVID wasn't going to shut me down. COVID wasn't going to change my way of life. It wasn't going to change my way of thinking. COVID was not going to do to me, get me scared and completely shut me off from living my life, my American dream. It wasn't going right. to do it to me. And I was determined, like you're determined to, to help others, I was determined to help our others wake up from the fear, to get past the fear, to get past the craziness. And the show was my verbal diary. The show was my way of getting in here and really releasing all of this shit. And it was almost therapy. Because I got in here, I got able to make fun of it. I got able to bitch about it. I was able to tell everybody my thoughts. And then at the end of the day, I went and lived my life because it was here. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. You know, and this is what you're doing. And it's it's absolutely amazing, dude. We went an hour and nine minutes. So this is what I'm going to do. Now I'm going to let you brag about yourself. <laughs> I want to ask, though, so when, when did this show start? 
it, Ooh, it started the in the beginning of COVID. The show is going on. It's um, it was the middle of April of 2020. Yep, right in the beginning of COVID. You know what it was? It was eight, no April or May of 2020. Hold on. Yeah, ready? so so I was so so I was living in when you, your show started. I was living in in a two bedroom apartment. That's when I was living in a two bedroom apartment because I was remember listening to it. Your show, I remember listening to it, and I remember my girl saying, man, that sounds like Joe Rogan. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, so I remember where I was at the time, and, and yeah, so like it's funny, right? Because that wasn't long ago. I was living in a two-bedroom apartment. I barely had any furniture in there. I had no TV in the room. I had a futon in the living room, or, you know, like a futon fold-up couch. I had a, a – the other bedroom was just had a, a desk in it. That was my office, right? I was, I was still – Dude, I was still selling insurance out in the field. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, again, that wasn't long ago. And this year, you want me to brag, right? So I do want you year, to brag. I'll, I'll make over a million dollars this year. You make this year alone? This year alone, I'll, I'll make over, well over a million dollars. This year, um, I made over $90,000 this month. 90 right? grand in, income, in one month. And my income continues to grow every month, right? So last month, there was like 70 something. The month before, was 60. So, so my income will, will probably grow every single month this year. I'll make well over a million dollars. And and again, like your podcast isn't that old, right? I'm, I'm I had a a bed. I don't think I had a bed frame for. It. Maybe I had a bed. Dude, I had an apartment barely any furniture. You know, fake granite countertops. Not even like a luxury apartment or anything like that. Driving around an old Prius. You know, and uh, having so to grow t- my old pickup truck. So from May sixth, twenty twenty was when my introduction and a Mason's take on the foundation of this country. That's when uh, the podcast started. In that time frame, you went from living in a two-bedroom apartment to a house in Florida, million dollars a year, and growing. And what people don't realize is he gave himself a raise as we were talking. <laughs> These people sold more more policies. He got more money. He got a raise legit it, as we were it's talking in two it, years. Yeah. So by the time I went from a Masons to Masons introduction to this country to my last show, you know what's great? You know what I just noticed? Holy shit! Wow! I want to. I want you to see this. Can everybody? Can you see that on that screen? It says COVID nineteen. I got the COVID-19 disclaimers on my show. Somebody's listening to my show and disclaiming my fucking show, bro. What are they trying to say? Listen, COVID, okay, COVID's real. You got to surrender to it, right? You got to well, put your hands up. You got to say, okay, COVID's real. I understand. I get you know, it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. No, but it's it's great because I was wondering. Remember when they, when, when Rogan came out and they said that they were going to add like the disclaimers to, to his podcast and shit? I noticed this learn about COVID-19 checks on his show. But my my show, I'm finally starting to get them. Um, you made it. That means you made it. Somebody, I have. Man. I think I've. Made, I got to start making money off this thing. It's got to go move past hobby time. There we go. But yeah. So so from the first one to 131, what is a woman? That was fun because there's we can't we can no longer know what what, what is a woman is. But that's a totally discuss. That's a different discussion for you. <laughs> the whole another show, right? So so a million dollars. <laughs> so just I, I want to recap everybody. 
Um, cause I'll let you guys, you've been very generous with your time, dude. I really appreciate it. I didn't want to keep you, you know, forever. And I was already late as fuck. I mean, talk about unprofessional. I was dude, 20 minutes late cause we, I, I had to download everything. Uh, we had to, I, I, I was working, man. I, I was at my desk anyway. Oh, look at him. Man. He's a fucking, we're still, right still working at, uh, what was it? Nine o'clock at nine forty one at night. Um, so just to give a background on, on Dave and why I believe that he is the living embodiment of the American dream as we speak, me and him, but you are, um, you're, you're a special version of it, from trailer park to a million dollars a year um, and growing, all right? And that's from sheer, sure, sheer perseverance and, um, and just be, be, being a, a true, true American. A true American, and to me, an American embodies what you are. You you may get knocked down. It's like the old um, Sylvester Stallone Rocky. It's not <laughs> about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit get and keep moving up. forward. Yeah. And homeboy's been hit pretty hard in life from the very beginning. I think you'd be getting hit, bro. It's a God's honest truth. And I and I love watching your story, the fact that you're hitting back and now you're hitting back hard. And pretty soon you're gonna have fuck you money. And when you have fuck you money, I can't wait to ride in a boat with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not yeah, getting man. in your helicopter, I'm not getting your fucking jet, I'll get on your boat. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good so it's so it's I'll be closer to the American dream. So when Mom. you when you finally get the jet, uh huh. Is that is is that it? Is that is that the American dream reached? the jet status so it's it's funny right because i, I do want a boat i don't i don't own a boat right now i want a g7 yes g7 absolutely <laughs> so, so I, I need a house on the water right so when i told you i, I need another house the next house needs to be on the water i don't want to have a boat until i have the house somewhere. i have like an order of operations right oh so gotcha on the water and the boat but to me the jet just makes more sense than those things. So I feel like that needs to be I mean, you do travel. You do travel a lot. Right. I feel like it just makes more business sense. Right. So the jet would have to be first, which means that wouldn't be it because I would still need the house on the water and the boat. So I got to have the, the collective. Right. And, and again, these, these are the things that, that keep me running forward. Um, but yes. Yeah, so, so no, the, the jet's not going to be it because there's going to be stuff coming after the jet. There's there's going to be more things added to the vision board. There's once again, you you said it you said it early on, and uh, I love I love your response to um, Are you living your version of the American dream? And you said no, because it's an ongoing it's an ongoing dream, and 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 I'm dreaming as I go along, and I think that embodies America. Um, so perfectly. I can't even tell you, Dave. I'm so proud of everything that you fucking done. Um, really quick, YouTube. What are you doing with YouTube? Cause I see so you got production crews, you got camera guys and shit. You look like the, like the you, guy man. they're trying I mean, hey, when I when I was getting interviewed for vitriol, I saw you know, there was cameras everywhere. It was it was amazing. Now now you you hire those people and take them around with you. Tell us what are you doing on YouTube and um and what's up with the camera guys? So I'm working on building out a YouTube channel. Um, help insurance agents is is the main focus. So I want to start putting some training out there and some stuff to help with their mindset. So figured if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it right. So I brought on, we got our own TPG videographer. So I ended up finding a guy very, very talented. And he's he's got good taste. So he's got me buying a lot of top-end equipment and just you know, going to really, for the ne this next year, throw a lot of energy and time, money. 
you know, at this YouTube channel and, and work on building it out. So I'm looking, as a matter of fact, I should have had a video released while we're on here. So every Thursday, um, I'm putting out a video. That's how we're, we're going to start our schedule. And it's going to be a, a podcast every other week where I'm interviewing. Um, it's a show called Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things, right? So just regular people like you and I who got tired and decided to make that jump and do something different about their life, right? Real, real sounds like a similar theme. And but so all, every other week, I'll, I'll all insurance agency, all insurance agency based though. So all be insurance agents. It's all about well. the insurance life though with you, which I love. You're 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 completely focused on that, and that's how you should be. That's how you should be. Yeah. You know, and again, like it's it's insurance based, but you know, we're learning about the people. Like I got one girl; she's been a gymnastic coach her entire. She's been a coach her entire life. Like never had a job. She has insurance license. She sells insurance now. Right. She's been in a, a, a gymnastics coach up until like her thirties. Um, you know, got the, the lady that went from a client to an agent, you know, how did that happen? What her life was like before, you know, I got another girl, she was selling cars, how she went from selling cars to selling insurance. You know, we got another girl, she worked out in the field and was like a, a failure. Couldn't make any, any money. You know, she, she issued over a million dollars or just under like $909,097 or something like that. You know, a couple of bucks short of a million dollars on the phone and just, you know, really, going over and showing people again, like, cause this is a thing people start to look, Oh, Dave made a million dollars. You know, he, he's, he's really good at this or he's really good at that. I can't do that. Right. And, and that's what I'm trying to show people. Like, no, like I'm just a regular person, right? My agents, they're, yes, they're breaking records. They're doing amazing things, but guess what? Like these aren't the people that they were when they started, right? They started something. They became real coachable, put a lot of effort in, put laser focus, Stop making excuses, right? I would say like a, a single mom, right? She could use her kid as her excuse of why she needs to go to work or she can use her kid as her excuse of why she can't work, right? And, and, and I hope I don't, I don't get any haters from that comment right there, but, I, but no, I've seen both. You're 100% accurate with that though because it's two, it's, 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 two, it's two different ways of looking at it. You can make it, I have kids I can't go to work or I have kids I have to go to work because of them. Right, right, and it's the people. In listen, it's, you're not hating on one way or the other, but but no. the people that are the people that are going to succeed in business, you you might be able to succeed at being a mother when you prioritize different things, right? Which is perfectly acceptable. But if you want to get in business and you want to be successful in business, you have to prioritize different things. I mean, it, it, that's just the way it is. You can prioritize your family. There's plenty of women that do both, and they're they're amazing. And their ability to be able to do it. I mean, my wife, once again, helped me move bricks all day, came home, started cooking fucking chicken cutlets for the kids, and she doesn't stop. She's amazing. I, I don't even know how, the, how she gets that much energy in her. You know, but it's it's amazing that um, you could take these people and, I mean, from all walks of life, right? And they could, they, they could do what you do. All, matter, all you need is heart. All you need is heart, man. And, 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 and you know, and, and a disclaimer, like, yeah, I'm really good at this, but you know what? Maybe I fall short as as a sibling or maybe I fall short as a significant other or a son, right? You know, it's it's where where, where the energy goes, you know what I mean? Well, you, not- you want to be world class at something, like there's no such thing as balance, right? And, and I want to be world class at this dream building thing, right? So so yeah, some things, other things in my life may may fall short, but guess what? Eventually, like I won't have to work, and 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 I can do those other things or catch up on them. 
Exactly. And, and we look at things slightly different where I look at it as I'm going to play cornhole and baseball while my body still allows me to. I love it, man. And then, I, I, and and then I'm a fan. Dude. And then when I get older and I really have nothing else to do, I'm going to focus on just hammering out money because people like you are an inspiration to me. And we are, we are, the, let's face facts. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to brag about myself for a second. Good. I'm a fucking awesome dude. I am awesome at everything I've ever done, Dave. Everything I've ever done. You know why? I don't stop. It's like you, right? If it, I'm not going to stop unless I, in my head, I go, this is fucking stupid. You're being stupid. Right. If I really say, this is what I have to do in life, it's on. I'm full bore, right? Ooh. So I start, I start cornhole in November. Okay. Everyone laughs. You, people don't realize something. You know how in depth cornhole is? Do you know I have how, no idea, man, but it, but it sounds like an amazing game. It, let me tell you something. <laughs> it, it went from like fucking around with it in the backyard and just having uh-huh. fun. And, and, and no matter what backyard I went into, I was probably the best player. Because I'm a, I'm an athlete, right? So it's like I've always been the calories, best, no matter what I did. Bro. I'm fuck yeah. calories, and it's calories, like yeah. so. It's like I was an athlete, so I I, got, I I could do this. So all of a sudden, I go into a, a we went to this they call they call the blind draw. A blind draw is where you just go to this tournament, you play four games with four random people against four random people. You get ranked based on your score in that game, and then you get your your teammate based on a number of different things, but it's all random. And then you have a double elimination tournament. I realized then how crazy this cornhole fucking world was and how intense it is and how many, how competitive it is. It's a, it's a totally different world, man. You don't even get it. It's like nobody understands how big cornhole is until you see, you know, the, 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 the amount of bags that are out there, the amount of merchandise, the amount of people doing it. You go to these fucking tournaments, there's 120 teams at these tournaments. You're like, wow, where did this even come from? So you don't even you don't even get it. But the point I'm trying to make by telling you that is this. When I started playing this, I got my ass kicked. Just straight dick getting kicked in hard. And I said to myself, if I'm going to play this with these people, I either better be the best or I'm going to continue to get my ass kicked. I don't get my ass kicked in anything. That's not who my calories is. I don't get my ass kicked. It's not it. It's not me. So now I'm playing Tuesday night. I'm playing Wednesday night. I play fucking Saturdays. I play Sunday morning. But it's at night. So it's you know it's like 7.30 at night to 9.30 at night. When I'm done work, whatever, blah, 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 I'll play. I am not going to rest, Dave, until whoever's standing next to me looks over at me and goes, Oh my God, I'm going to get my ass kicked so bad in this game. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? And yeah, that, that's yeah. what drives me. It's the competitive craziness. And it's the competitiveness in you that makes you want to have, you know, that makes you want to be the fastest to a million dollars ever and, 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 and the, you know, the now, fastest now, growing now, company. Now I've got to be the largest. Now I'm trying to be the largest, man. Uh, you got Doug to contain with, though. So you good luck with that. Yeah, yeah we'll work on it. We'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't count, you don't count, right? Listen, um, first off, I'm proud of both of you guys. I love watching both of you guys. I love watching your journey, all the new things that you're doing. I really do believe that you're 100% wrong because you are living your American dream right now. Thank you. Right now because you're pursuing it. You're able to do it. And when you finally get there, 
You're going to come back on. It's going to be 30 years from now. We're still going to be fucking doing the show. Wrong, and then what I'm saying is, dude, come on. Are you going to be able to stop looking at you sitting down? We could do it 30 years from today. What's today? March 31st. It'll be March 31st. It'll be the 15,612th episode. The uh the COVID Zulu uh variant. We're right? gonna, we're gonna do it right exactly the Zulu variant. The we're, Zulu variant, you know. We're gonna have our we're gonna have our KN95 masks on. Actually, by then it's gonna be the KN96 mask. We're gonna be on your fucking G7 airplane. I'll finally get on it, and we're gonna do our we're gonna do this show from your Absolutely, G7 man, right there. So let me ask you. Let, let's let's finalize this. I'm gonna give you two minutes to let me know this question. When you think of Americans and you think of America, what is one thing that that is about you that could help this country as a whole? If they just embrace one thing about how you are, what could this country benefit if they just adopt one thing from David Price? I'm going to give you the last couple of minutes, and then after you're done, we'll welcome you off. I appreciate that. So... You know, I look at my life, right, and I look at the different failures I had, and the the mindset, and and how I changed, right. You know, I, I look at like a teenager, right. A teenager thinks that they have life all figured out, and then as they they get older and they experience some things, they start realizing, man, I was wrong about that. And I think the one thing that anybody can take advantage of, you know, I, I was listening to Tony Robbins, who is when I really first started getting into self development. And Tony Robbins said something that stuck with me. And he said that if you want what somebody has, all you do is model what they did and you should be able to get it. And I, and I was like, wow, it's so crazy because like I'm sitting there wanting what other people have, but like trying to figure out on my own, uh... right? trying to make my own recipe, trying to make my own blueprint instead of just being like, yo, Mike, like you're amazing with brick. How did you learn to, to, to be able to do what you do. And can I come work for you to learn how to do it? Real simple, right? And, and you brought up Doug. So Doug, right, he was making a good ton of money selling insurance. I heard insurance was a good business to be in it. And I had two questions for him. One is, how do you find people? I wanted to make sure this wasn't a network marketing, mom and pop, you know, harass your friend business. I want to make sure they had a legitimate lead program, you know, which they do through TV commercials and other advertisements. And then the other question was like, are you going to show me to do it? Are you going to teach me to do what you did? Like, are you willing to mentor me, right? To teach me how to do what you do. And, you know, so many people, they want to Google things. They want to figure it out. They, they do all these things, right? You know, or they focused on the wrong things. They're focused, like, even in the insurance industry. I see people on these Facebook groups all the time. Like, what's your thoughts on this company? What's your thoughts on this company? Is this company better? Is that company better? But it's, it's not the company you join. It's the mentor, right? You could be in the best company in the world. But if your mentor sucks or they're not committed or they're part-time or they're, they're not having success, Dude, you're going to have a bad experience. That's just what's going to happen. You could be at a crappy company, but if your mentor is ultra successful there, he can teach you how to be ultra successful too. And so many people get they hung up on the wrong things or they make a decision like, you know, I, I, want to, I want to build this business and they get so stuck on the business. And when they realize that there's something better, they don't pivot, right? They, they hold on to this thing like, no, no, I need to figure out how to make this work. 
like this, the way I want it to work, as opposed to doing what they have to do. You know, a big one is like Elon Musk. I, I listened to something, either I read something or listened to him, but like PayPal. So Elon Musk, you know, invented PayPal. I don't know if it was called PayPal at the time, but I think he's it was, in this yeah. room with all these people and he's really trying to get PayPal, show him how PayPal does something like way more complicated. And like they had no interest in that at all. All they liked about it was they could pay people online. And like, instead of Elon be like, no, you don't understand. Like, that's not even the cool part. This is the cool part. He's like, okay, they're not even interested in this. And he pivoted, right? He gave the market what the market wanted and he pivoted and, and he sold it for millions of dollars and decided to be a rocket ship company and every other <laughs> whatever else. Did, fucking, right? Yep. Right. But, but the amazing thing is like where he pivoted, he didn't hold on to his ego because he was really working on this, this thing that was way more complicated that no one had any interest in, you know? And so I think if you are a person, right. Who's listening to this and you want to be better and you want what something else has, you know, find somebody that'll teach you how to do it. Talk to people, dude. I was sitting at a car show, a guy showed up the Bugatti. I talked to him. It was a $1.3 million car, right? I want to drive a Bugatti. I don't have the ability to drive a Bugatti. I don't know how to pay for a $1.3 million car at this point in my life. That guy knew how to do it. So I walked right up to him. I said, how you doing? My name's David. Introduced myself, started talking to him, got his phone number, told him, listen, I know you don't need the money. Would you ever want to go out and eat? It's on me. And dude, got his number, started texting and calling this guy. I'm trying to make friends with this guy. Like this guy's telling me how he went from uh, painting houses, right, to, to being worth hundreds of millions of dollars without a high school, without a high school education. Right. Like I want to learn from this dude. So like, I got this dude as close as I can and talk to him as, as much as I can, because I want to learn how to do things he did. But, but I've learned through my process, like, that's what you do. You know, I don't, I don't go to Google, Hey, how to make money to buy a Bugatti, right? Like, come on, let's, let's take advantage of some real resources here. Unbelievable, Dave. You said something that I think everybody needs to take away from, and I'm going to finalize it with this. Your willingness to learn. I want to learn. I want to learn. I want to learn. I wrote that down about nine times that you said it. Every time you said it, I was writing it down. Right. So if you listen back on, on this, one of the things that you're going to get from Dave and you're going to get from all successful people is their willingness to adapt and learn. Right. So many people, especially kids, like um, kids that my kids age, they think they fucking know everything. Yeah. Now, I just happen to be right all the time. It doesn't mean I know everything. <laughs> the reason why I'm right all the time is because I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to be able to judge what is bullshit versus what is not bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And that willingness not to be in my own little box and in my own rigid thinking, the willingness to learn and, and listen to people that, like you said, that have done it. What you said, that was absolute perfect way to end this, end this show. If you want something that somebody else wants, model it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Great job, Dave price, dude. I, 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 um, I wish you all the luck, continue success in the price group. I hope, you know, next year we could get, we could get you back on, talk about something else, get you a little more controversial. But you're not much of a controversial guy, so you I'll know, keep I, all the I, controversy. I neutral, man, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose half my people. No, know? no, you definitely don't want to do that. No, I have no problem 80, with it. Was it eighty four thousand? Uh, how many people? Right. Hey, you, you're doing your things right. I love what you're doing. Stay right there. 
But everybody, David Price, if you want to get to know Dave or if you're interested in what Dave does, hey, check him out on his YouTube channel. Is it Dave Price? What is Dave it? Dave Price Official. Dave Price Official Dave, at YouTube.com. David, David Price Official. David and Price. Then, uh, my website, easiest way to find me, tpglife.com. tpglife.com. And another thing, Dave is always, always, always looking for the next person that he could teach how to make millions of dollars the way he's doing it. And it's going to be millions. I'm, I'm positive he's going to be making millions in his life. So if you're interested in, in doing what Dave does, get in touch with him one of those uh, one of those ways. He's on Facebook. He's on YouTube. He's all over the place. Senior Life, TPG Life. David Price, you're a true 100% true American success story. You're, you're a true American, and you are, you are the living example of the American dream. Stay right there so I can say goodbye properly. Everybody, thank David Price. On to our next, uh, on to final thoughts. All right, final thoughts time. And you just heard from Dave. And you heard Dave's answer. Are you living the, are you living your version of the American dream? And he said no. And I disagreed. He is. I think he is. I think he's definitely living his version of the American dream. It's just his dream is evolving. Um, I'm going to end every show like this. What is your dream? Are you living your version of the American dream? And if you're not, why not? Because everything you're going to hear in, in these American dream podcasts going forward, and it's hopefully you're going to hear the reason why it's great to live in this country. Even time, Even people that I interview, they're going to be bad. They're going to be, you know, they may not be living their version of the American dream. I want you to realize that that's on you. I want you to realize that things that things that people that make money realize is that everything's up to you. No matter what it is, it's your responsibility to turn your life around. It's your responsibility to make something of your life. It is your responsibility. Not the government's, not your political party, not your politicians. It's no one's responsibility to take care of yourself but you. It's not my responsibility to keep you healthy. It's yours. It's not my responsibility to make you money. It's yours. And the sooner everybody realizes that, the better off we're going to be. The way better off we're going to be. And something that Dave says right there is my income will be because of my results. Your income will always always, always be dependent on your results because that's all you have is you. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters in America. The individual self, you. That's the only thing that matters. You hear you hear things from, from people that went from the trailer park to being homeless to making over a million dollars this year. And one of the one of the things that you notice is he's not doing it his way. He's doing it somebody else's way. He doesn't need to reinvent the wheel. He doesn't need to sound smarter than he actually is. He doesn't need to 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 feel like he's created something that maybe he didn't. He's content with learning from other people and then implementing it his way and making his version of the American dream. He's willing to put in the work for what he wants. Are you? Are the people around you? You know, it's a very uh, it's a very old saying, but you show me who your friends are and I will show you who you are. 
Who you hang around with, who you emulate, that's who you're going to be. The good thing about me is I don't emulate anybody. I don't. I hang around with good people. I hang out with some people have money, some people don't have money. I'm not obsessed with money. That's not my version of the American dream. That's other people's versions of the American dream. But I'm living mine how I want to see fit. And everybody else needs to live theirs the way they see fit. But they don't need to bother anybody in the, in the, in the, in the course of that. Hopefully one of the things that you heard from Dave was that perseverance and mental toughness and mental fortitude and the, willing to, the willingness to be yourself, take self-responsibility, and do things yourself is, to me, the keys to succeed no matter what it is in this country. Now, me and Dave make different amounts of money, but that, that doesn't change the fact that we're both living our versions of the American dream. And I need everybody to realize that you have it great in this country. You have it phenomenal in this country. You live better than anybody else in the po- that has ever walked the planet ever. And just because you're doing bad at 23, you might be doing bad at 34, or you might be homeless at 35, doesn't mean you can't make a million dollars at 41. I need everyone to realize that. You can make your million dollars next month, next year, two years from now, five years from now. But if you truly, truly, truly believe it in this country, it can be done. You just heard it. You just heard it for yourself. Your story can be his. It can be. Do you want it to be? If you want it to be and you think you could have uh, you know, an interest in, in selling insurance, get in touch with Dave. Hey, I, he learned how to do it. He implemented it. He's making money. You could see it. I watched him go from homeless to, 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 to having a very big house and a lot of toys and not worrying about buying a toy. If that's the life you want to lead, then ask him. Find him out. David Price, he is... Uh, he is 100% the living embodiment of America and all good things that have been wrapped up in America. And America gets such a bad name on a constant, constant basis. Just get, it gets put down and put down on everything that America's not. Well, you know what? You know what America is? It's about the individual. And if you don't get your dumb ass up and off your fucking ass and doing something and having accountability for yourself and what you're doing, then you're going to sit there and bitch about what America is not giving you instead of figuring out what you could have in this amazing, amazing country. There's a million different ways to make a million different dollars and figure out fucking one of them or shut the fuck up and get out of the way for people like Dave that are going to do it. And guess what? They're going to get the money. I got news for you. He's going to, go, he's going to wind up with the money and you're not because of the mindset that you have. And that's the bottom line. And that's the show. Guys, I do hope you, you, you appreciated this show. I'm going to be bringing way more uh, interviews like this. Regular people doing amazing things in, uh, in, in this world. And it's going to be more than just you know people with money and things like that. It's about what's, what is America to you and are you living your version of the American dream. And I'm here to say if you're not living your version of the American dream in this country and you're bitching, then you you need to, you need a serious wake up call and honestly you could do one major thing and that is go fuck yourself because i don't have time for people that say they can't or people don't want to bitch about this country and how great it is because if you want it bad enough 
you can make it and there's there's nothing holding you back but yourself guys remember if you love the show give us a five-star rating best thing you could do is give us a rating on spotify and apple and and all the rest of them give us five stars every single person that listens give us five stars we officially made it today if you didn't hear the show we made it we are officially being um covid19 censored i guess uh, we have we have the displays all over our page, meaning uh, I guess we're big enough to be um, censored by Spotify. That is awesome. So, guys, once again, keep pushing the show. Thank you very much for listening. And please, as always, go fuck yourself in the most kind, awesome way possible. Fucking moron. Here we go. Here we go. Listen. Wake up. Fucking ridiculous. Wake up. Fucking moron. This is hysterical. It ain't helping you. Wake. It's not helping anybody else. Wake. It's unhealthy. It's hurting you. Random fucking thought. Wake. 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 Wake.